0: Hello, and welcome to COS Live. You can watch the original video broadcast live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern. Visit conventionofstates.com slash pod to learn more. And now, here's COS Live.
1: Uh, Welcome to a special edition of COS Live. We're going to show you a previously recorded, uh, some previously recorded footage, the South Dakota House vote that happened on our Article 5 resolution, which was uh, to call for a convention of states to propose amendments to the U.S. Constitution. We're looking at term limits for elected officials, uh, fiscal responsibility, and reigning in the jurisdiction of an out-of-control federal government. Uh, This vote happened on January 25th. It was the same day that Wisconsin uh, passed the CUS resolution joining the movement to call a convention. It happened during a raucous uh, Iowa rally that happened at um, the state legislature there. Um, Rita, can you give us a brief kind of update on what the viewers are about to watch in this recorded footage?
2: Sure. And the part that our viewers couldn't possibly know unless I tell them is that, This all happened so quickly. We didn't even know for sure that this was about to happen. In fact, we thought it might be a little bit longer before we actually got to a House floor vote in South Dakota. We had come through committee um, with a favorable vote earlier in the week and South Dakota just doesn't mess around. They were ready to move this and they did it quickly. What you're about to see is a 39 to 30 win for Convention of States. And it's funny, no opponent spoke against the Convention of States. I don't know if they had just concluded that, you know, they were outnumbered and they knew this was going to pass anyway, or they just, you know, didn't have any good excuses to make for why they weren't going to support the COS resolution one thing i'll ask you to pay particular attention to look for representative goodwin he will speak in favor of the resolution and he used to be a quite vocal opponent of convention of states and he has changed his mind he's you know looking at washington and concluding we just can't let things continue the way they are going now. We can't keep with the status quo and expect to preserve our republic. And I, my hat's off to him for having the courage to do the right thing, even though I know it's tough as a politician to change your position on something. But, you know, that is, that is a sign of true wisdom and true courage. And I really appreciate him. So watch for that and just so you know after you watch this footage what happens next is our resolution has been sent over to the senate side where it will go through a committee hearing again just like it did on the house side and then if it makes it through senate committee it will go up for a senate floor vote and if we pass there South Dakota becomes the next state to join her 17 sister states that have now applied for a convention. So this is something exciting to see. I'll mention if you're in South Dakota, the votes are really close on the Senate side. So I would ask you to reach out to your senator in South Dakota and ask them to support the Convention of States resolution. Now let's go to that floor vote.
0: House Joint Resolution 5001, a joint resolution to apply for a convention of states under Article 5 of the Constitution of the United States to impose fiscal restraints on the federal government, to limit the power and jurisdiction of the federal government, and to limit the terms of office for federal officials and members of Congress.
1: HJR 5001 having had its second is now for consideration and final passage representative Pischke Thank you.
3: Thank you mr. Speaker Nearly 235 years ago in the summer of 1787 55 delegates from 13 independent and sovereign states Gathered together in the assembly assembly room of the Pennsylvania State House in in Philadelphia PA for the Constitutional Convention of 1787. As a result of that convention, the founding delegates created our founding constitution. The Bill of Rights spell, that spelled out our God-given rights informed our country, the United States of America. Of which, many could argue, is the greatest constitutional, uh, constitutional republic ever created by mankind. The founders created a central federal government for the specific enumerated purposes of common defense, a national postal system, and Article I judges to resolve disputes between the states. These men were so concerned with with limiting the powers of the central government that they also included the Tenth Amendment at that ratification of the Constitution, which further limited the federal government's power by reserving all powers not enumerated in the Constitution to the states respectively, or to the people. Also, when the Founding Fathers drafted the Constitution, they not only understood, but desired that future generations be able to amend and change certain parts of that Constitution. This is why they included specific provisions inside of the Constitution for how Congress or the legislatures of two-thirds of several states shall call a convention for proposing amendments. This is the language specifically inside of Article Five of the Constitution. It might be surprising to some that something as important as changing the supreme law of the land that is outlined in, and contained in a mere paragraph as Article Five. Although there's a higher requirement for ratifying any amendment, when ratified by the legislatures of three-fourths of several states, or by conventions of three-fourths thereof, The process is not complicated. Amendments must be approved by three-fourths of states. This is partly why, even though there have been approximately 10,000 proposed amendments, only 27 were ever ratified. Nevertheless, according to the Founding Fathers original intent, if three-fourths of the states want to change something in the Constitution, they should be able to, thus reflecting we, the people. I believe the Constitution is a brilliant document, and the founders were inspired and led by divine providence in its drafting. Also, I recognize, just like they did, there are amendments and clarifications needed. It is no secret that the current leadership in the Congress has become so disconnected from the founding ideals and constitutional limitations placed on the federal government. To think that these leaders would restrain themselves once in power or propose amendments that solve current problems would be naive and mistaken. Fortunately, the Founding Fathers offered a solution outside of Congress. They suggested a convention for proposing proposing amendments, also known as a convention of states. Many today are nervous of such a convention, fearing that it might become a runaway convention and threaten the very constitutional republic that we are seeking to protect. While this fear is common, it is not grounded in a constitutional reality. There are several specific reasons. For example, Article 5 stipulates that even after the convention proposes amendments, those amendments must subsequently be ratified by three-fourths of the states. This high bar, effectively prevents any opportunity for a runaway convention. An objection by a single legislative chamber in just 13 states kills an amendment proposed by the Convention of States. Furthermore, any amendments approved are required by the Constitution to be part of this Constitution. Meaning, according to the Constitution itself, A convention of states could not replace the current constitution. Thank you. There are several historic examples where states have called for a convention to to propose a specific amendment, such as a balanced budget. Interestingly, at the threshold of joining states, grew close to the necessary number, Congress felt the pressure to vote on the amendment. Although the balanced budget amendment has not passed at this point, it it does serve as one example that states calling for a convention can also pressure Congress to take up specific amendments that are a concern to the people. It is for this reason, and for many more, that I support a convention of states, and I humbly ask for your support today on HJR 5001. Thank you.
1: Further remarks? Representative Odenbach.
4: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. I rise because I wanted to say just a few words in support of this, and uh, I commend my colleague uh, for having the courage to bring it. I just jotted down a few thoughts as I was listening just now, but as I think about this, uh, for starters, I've heard from more people than I can count from my district in Lawrence County saying we must do this, and I don't think those people are wrong. Uh, And I've, I've heard the debate over the Past year, let's say about this, and I think a lot of people are tempted to say, "Well, nothing can come of this. Uh, this is just kind of a waste of time. It's sort of an exercise and feel good." Uh, but as as our colleague mentioned, uh, you know, the, the people in the states formed the federal government, not the other way around, and and they were people just like us. They weren't, you know, we're not able to rise to the same level that they did. Uh, we can do the same things, and uh, so. I just wanted to say that and I guess end with this quote from Thomas Jefferson. He said, "Let no more be heard of confidence in man but bind him down from mischief by the chains of the Constitution. And we've got to get back to that. South Dakota would make the 17th state, I believe, working. Just we've all got to get involved. we've all got to do something and uh, this country's off the rails. So I would urge your support. Thank you.
1: Further remarks, Representative Goodwin.
0: Thank you, Mr. Speaker, I rise in support also. So you might take a double tech and look at me because I've been the one that's been against it. I kind of look back at what happened since the last election with this runaway spending that we have of money that we don't even own that's borrowed from a foreign government, a lot of times China, that we have to pay back with interest and we just have to do something to stop this government. We have to do, we can't just sit here and let it go. Now the other side of this, they talk about adding another two amendments to the Constitution that would fix it. Well, I'm for the other side too. Do it then. Add two more amendments. If you have one for term limits, let's have it. If you have one for controlling runaway government that we have, let's have that amendment. I'm for both sides, but well, we gotta do something. We can't just sit here and kick the can down the road. It's time to do it today. I mean. What we're asking for is to get 34 states on board so we can go to, go to D.C. and have a convention. Anything we approve there has to come back and get 38 states to ratify it. So if they do something you know, that's really off the charts, uh, I know the senator in the other chamber's worried that they'd take our two senators away from us small states and give one to California or one to Texas and we'd only have one and they'd have three, and that, that would be terrible if they tried to do that. But it has to come back and get approved by 38 states in order for that to happen. So there is checks and balance to this. It isn't like they're going to go there and wreck the country. Uh, and there also is rules of, the, of our delegates that we send there, that what they can do, they can't just go rogue on us. So I mean, what do we have to lose? How many more trillions in debt do we have to go? But we say enough's is enough. Is it 30 trillion? One of these days, this country is going to be like the Soviet Union. If you remember the Soviet Union, we didn't beat them in a war. We beat them because they went bankrupt. And the Chinese are going to do that to us. We're not gonna get beat in a war, we're gonna go bankrupt, and they own part of this country already. They're just gonna take their assets and live here. We are in bad straits. We need to do something. I'm for both sides. So let's let's get this passed today. Thank you very much. Representative
1: Jensen.
5: Thank you, Mr. President, uh, Mr. Speaker. I'm sorry. I need to do this more often. <laughs> Okay, uh, 2014, I was one of 11 South Dakota legislators that went to Mount Vernon for what was to be the seed of the Convention of States movement. It was an incredible meeting. We had uh, legislators from 34 countries, over 100 uh, states. We had uh, over 100 people there. And the caliber of the character of those men and women that were there was phenomenal, and it was just outstanding to hear them uh, as the different ones around the assembly took turns and just prayed over this very movement, and just that God's hand would be on it, and that would He would be moving in this movement, and. Uh, so I just wanted to mention some notables who support a convention of states according to the Article 5 of our convention, uh, Constitution, rather. Uh, Mark Levin, Senator Rand Paul, Ben Shapiro, Pete Hegseth, Lieutenant Colonel Allen West, Sean Hannity, Senator Tom Coburn, Dr. James Dobson, Senator Jim Dement, David Barton of Wall Builders, Michael Ferris, Charlie Kirk, Senator Ron Johnson, former Governor Sarah Palin, Judge Andrew Napolitano, Governor Greg Abbott, James O'Keefe, Senator Ben Sass, Governor Ron DeSantis, David Horowitz, Senator Marco Rubio, Dr. Ben Carson, former Governor Mike Huckabee, uh, former Governor Jeb Bush, former Governor Bobby Jindal, Representative Louie Gilmert, Go- 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 and Morton Blackwell, and numerous others that aren't quite as familiar to us. And, and just name, to name a couple of opponents, uh, Hillary Clinton, George Soros. Um, <clears throat> if you're on the fence, please consider the great company that you'll be in if you choose to support the COS. Thank you.
1: Further remarks? The remarks representative mills
6: thank you mr speaker well this is my sixth year in this chamber it'll be the sixth time to vote on a convention of states issue but it's my first time to talk about it and the reason i'm talking about it today is because i'm frustrated i don't think we can sit by and not not speak anymore i think the article what is it section two of the bill hits home for me Whereas the federal government has created a crushing national debt through improper and imprudent spending. If you need an example of that, we got one in appropriations last week. We got a report that says federal government has spent 13, sent $13.5 billion to South Dakota in the last 20 months. Divide that by the number of people in South Dakota, man, woman, and child, We each got $15,528. Did you get yours? Me neither. So where'd it go? Well, what governments do is they send it out to other governments. And what happens when government grows? Freedom shrinks. You know, I was reminded of the scripture passage that says, the borrower is the slave of the lender. That's what our federal government is doing to us. It's turning us all into borrowers, mostly our grandchildren. That's why I'm here. I want my kids to have the freedom that I grew up with. And we're not going to get there if we don't change something. And this is a method that the founding fathers said was a way to change something. I want to share just one other quick thing with you. If you go, you all have a computer in front of you. Just search usdebtclock.org It looks kind of like this. Representative Mills, oh, we can't use props. Sorry. Thank you. Anyway, if you do that, up in the upper left-hand corner, there's the the debt is ticking away and one of the representatives in the back mentioned 30 trillion. We're almost there. In fact, I put a stopwatch on this thing over the weekend. For every 40 seconds, it adds a million dollars to the debt in the United States. That's where we're at today. I can remember when they were talking about, oh, we're gonna hit 20 trillion, and now we're approaching 30. I would just share one other thing. We get bombarded with a lot of email on this issue. That happens every year, but this really struck me. I got no vote no emails from Megan Norman from Texas, Craig Wiseman from Texas, Mary Mann from Virginia, Lynn from Spokane, Washington, Beverly from Georgia. You know who I got vote yes emails from? Joe Klein in White, Caleb Crevier in Elkton, Darren Neiman in Clear Lake, and Levi Smith in Brookings. The people who want us to pass this are South Dakotans and they're from our districts. I'm asking you to stand with me today. Let's vote this thing through and send it over to the Senate with a strong message. It's time to do something. Thank you. Further remarks?
1: Remarks? Hearing no further remarks? There was no opponent testimony? No need for rebuttal? Would you you still like your, okay, go ahead. (laughs)
3: Thank you, Mr. Speaker. And you're right, there was no rebuttal. Uh, so I'm gonna leave a couple bullets in the, in the, in the magazine, if I, if I will. But I do wanna let everybody know the list of other states that have supported this. Texas, Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee, Oklahoma, Missouri, North Dakota, Alabama, Arizona, Mississippi, Arkansas, indiana utah alaska and just recently as of this week wisconsin and soon coming probably this week or early next nebraska these are red states ladies and gentlemen let's be the next vote yes
1: question for the body is final passes of hdr 5001 all those in favor vote yay all those opposed nay madam clerk please unlock the voting machine Would the members proceed to vote
0: Mr. Speaker, all members have voted.
1: Please display the vote.
0: Mr. Speaker, there were ayes th- 39, nays 30,
1: excused 1. HGR 5001, having received an affirmative vote of the members' likes, hereby declared passed.
0: This has been the podcast version of COS Live. Check out more content at conventionalstates.com pod. Thank you for listening.